What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all, as always. Coming to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky. Recording here on a Monday night. Uh, y'all be listening to this on Tuesday. So do want to mention real quick the two Tuesday games that we have. Loyola and Georgetown and UMass Lowell and Holy Cross. Um, UMass, Lowell, and Holy Cross, that one, I believe, let me pull the, the records up here real quick. Um, I know UMass, Lowell has not recorded a win this season, and neither has Holy Cross. Um, was this the same instance last year? I think it was. Oh, no, it was not. Um, Holy Cross, that, the lone win was against UMass, Lowell last season, but, uh, both of these, uh, programs coming into Tuesday night, looking to get their first win on the season. In respect to Loyola-Georgetown, um, I you know you look at the way Georgetown's playing right now, the way that they've been uh, really improving since their slow start, um, and you would expect them to get this win here. Uh, but Loyola, and they've been backsliding uh, since their strong start. You've seen... Uh, and, and maybe some injuries have contributed to that. Uh, but Loyola not having the best of times right now. You know, would a win over Georgetown help their tournament bids? I don't know. Um, you know, I think m- more than anything at this point, they're probably going to have to win the Patriot League AQ to get into the NCAA tournament, um, I, I don't think there's any any room right now for a Patriot League, uh, a two-bid Patriot League, unless something just drastic happens over the past, uh, over the next two weeks. I, I, I don't see that happening at all. So we got those two games on uh, Tuesday night, uh, day, y'all are watching this. Um, Bellarmine and Cleveland State, moving to Sunday's games now, which we didn't get to talk about on Sunday's podcast, uh, Bellarmine beat Cleveland State 13-8, to the Knights are now 9-4 and on the season, with Detroit Mosey and Jacksonville left, they will likely finish one, uh, they will likely finish 10-5 and on the season, uh, which would be their best record uh, in program history uh, against a full D1 schedule. I believe it was 2005. They went like 11-5 and five their first season, but they played a mixture of D1, D2, D3 teams. Um, so their first full D1 season was 2006, um, and they have not recorded, uh, I don't believe, double-digit wins in that time frame. They haven't had a winning season since 2014. Uh, a, a tremendous job that Coach Whitley has done uh, there at Bellarmine in just his fourth season, having arguably the program's best season in program history. And uh, they will likely be the number four seed there in the A-Sun tournament. Cleveland State also could very well be in the A-Sun tournament as well, they're kind of in that picture there for the sixth spot. Um, and a pretty solid season. 
that they've had um, a- after really missing out on a lot of opportunities last year. So the, the ASUN tournament is starting to take shape, as a lot of these are. Uh, Jacksonville, Utah, the only two who have officially clinched seeds there, but you can imagine you know, Bellman, Air Force, Robert Morris all being uh, basically locks at this point to make it in as well. Um, Lehigh finished their game against Colgate on Sunday. If you remember, they had the um, the situation where there was the weather delay. They moved the game to... Uh, they play the first, like, seven minutes. They moved the rest of the game to Sunday. Um, and Lehigh gets the 15-8 to win there. Scott Cole, five goals, two assists. Christian Muley, two goals, four assists there, six and seven points for each of those fellas. Uh, you've got Mikey Sisselberger with 67% on the day. Um, the one stat I do want to talk about here, and, and if I can pull it up real quick, is Richard uh, Checo, the freshman defenseman, the freshman stud here for uh, Lehigh. He had four cause turnovers in this contest. He now has 43 cause turnovers on the season. That is a program record for cause turnovers in a season. And who does he surpass on that list? None other than Craig Chick. Um, one of the, like, if you make a, a, a list of top defensemen over the past, you know, half decade. Craig Chick is going to be mentioned in that group, um, among with many other guys. Uh, phenomenal player at Lehigh, plays in the PLL now, so uh, very good company there. Uh, Richard Checo is um, as, a, as a freshman and, and continuing a fantastic season. Um, and they've still got a couple of games left plus the postseason. So he could rack up... Um, you know, th- this record is going to keep going, obviously. Now, I want to talk about two other games here a bit deeper in detail, and uh, we're going to head to the uh, the Big Ten real quick. And in the Big Ten, we saw a pair of Sunday games. Let's talk about Michigan-Penn State first, though. Michigan uh, basically controlled this game for most of it. Uh, they controlled this game for the most of it, um, and it really was the fourth quarter in this one where Penn State was able to pull away. Um, 11-9 win for Penn State. They outscored Michigan 5-0 in the fourth quarter. Um, Michigan was ahead 4-2 at the end of the first, and it was a um, 6-4 game in, Penn St- in Michigan's favor at the half. Um, and even heading into the fourth, it was was the 9-6 uh, game heading into the fourth. Um, and this game, it's, you know, it, it has a similar feel to it, I think. Um, that we've seen w- without the w- throughout the Big Ten this year, 
and we've talked about just how close and how crazy this conference has been this year. Um, I mean, I'd argue it's the best conference in the country because of that. Um, but you look at Michigan and, you know, 13-12 overtime loss on the road at Rutgers, 15-11 loss at Johns Hopkins, and then, yeah, I mean, even, you know, 17-13 to start the season against Virginia, and they hung around nearly that entire way. Um, Notre Dame did what they did to them, and and that wasn't necessarily unexpected. Uh, the only outlier, like on the on this resume here, is is Marquette, the fourteen nine loss down in Florida, um, and Marquette also beat Penn State. You know, th- this felt like a typical kind of Michigan game, where they 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 they're there. They, they, they can grab it. And, and however they've gotten there, whether it be they led the whole way, they come back, like they showed a lot. And they've shown a lot of improvement, especially on that offensive end and being more consistent there this season. Uh, but Penn State is better late in this one. Um, if you remember a week ago, Penn State wins in, was it double overtime over Hopkins? They're better late in that one, even though Hopkins won the fourth quarter something they've done a lot this year. Uh, but just another really, really big uh, game here for Penn State. And they move to, what is the record in league play? They move to 3-1 and one in league play. You've got Maryland and Hopkins also 3-1 and one in league play. Uh, you've got Rutgers, Michigan, and Ohio State. One and three in league play. Jack Trainer, six goals in this game for Penn State. Four of those coming in the fourth quarter. Jack Fraseon with 17 saves in this one for the Nittany Lions. And he had, I think it was Yeah, he had seven in the in the second and six in the third uh there in this one for Penn State in that. Win um, uh, another good, good win here for the Nittany Lions in a kind of typical Big Ten game so far as what we've come to expect this season from that week. Now moving on to Rutgers and Maryland. <coughs> Maryland, I think we can sum it up as this. Maryland took care of business. They did what they needed to in this game. They got up 5-0, and they didn't cruise to victory. Rutgers comes back, and they make it a game. Um, Braden Oska assisted on each of the first three goals. He also had a goal himself later on in this game. Eric Spanos, Zach Woodier, and Jack Corris all had 2-1 on the day, Daniel Maltz had two goals. This felt like I don't want to say it was like it was the best performance from Maryland this season. Um, and Brian Rupel, twelve saves, and I thought the you know Rupel played well. I thought the defense in front of him played well. Also, I don't want to say this was the best game Maryland has played, but for a time, it, it felt like that, and it it, it wasn't like. You know, last season with Maryland, you knew that they were good because of the 
you know, of this offense, and you knew they were good because of how they used the offense and how those guys gelled, how they moved the ball, how they moved off ball. This was, I think, the closest offensive performance, at least early on, that you saw from what uh, that that we've seen this season. Well, it it was like that. Well, it was flowing as good as it's ever been flowing this season, and. Um, j- just a, a, another good day here for Maryland, and I think they showcase again, you know, why they are still a top three, top five program, top five team this season. Um, and look, I think another kind of demoralizing loss to for Rutgers. Um, and look, Rutgers, who are the they are uh, eight and four right now. Who are the four losses to? Army, Ohio State, Johns Hopkins, and Maryland. And they've got Penn State coming up this weekend in what is likely a must-win game for them. Like, Rutgers, if they lose that game, um, and we're going to talk about Bractology here in a second, um, Rutgers right now is 11 in the RPI. If they lose that game to Penn State over the weekend, this coming weekend, they probably drop to 13, 14, maybe 15. Um, and I think at that point, it becomes a, you have to win the AQ. I think if they beat Penn State, they could they could probably still, um, you know, not get the Big Ten AQ and get into the tournament. Uh, there's still a good chance of that. Uh, but if they lose to Penn State, that is that is kind of what they're facing. And, you know, it's, it's a weird situation here for for Rutgers, because I feel like they've played well. Like, I don't feel like they've been terrible. Um, outside of the Ohio State game, which is the, the main outlier for them of this season, and look, if they beat Ohio State, they're not in this situation. Uh, we know what Army is, we know what Hopkins is, we know what Maryland is. An odd and uh, surprising situation that Rutgers finds themselves in based on what their expectations were. But, historically, uh, not a unknown or, or a unique position for Rutgers to be in. We've seen this happen uh, before in the past, where Rutgers starts incredibly well. They've got a number of big wins, but along the way, one, two games where they shoot themselves in the foot, and they can't recover and, and end up not making the postseason. Now moving into the bracketology portion of today's show. Um, first and foremost, I put out the uh, my fourth look at bracketology there on crossbucket.com on Monday afternoon uh, is when that went up. Um, as always, you can get all your lacrosse news and notes there at lacrossebucket.com. You can listen to this podcast there. We also have the podcast tab on the website, you can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Apple, or iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and also watch on YouTube as well. Now, going into the bracketology, let's begin as we have each week. A refresher: seven, excuse me, seventeen teams make the bracket. Nine teams automatic qualifiers. 
Those are the conference champions from the America East, the A-Sun, the Atlantic 10, the Big East, the Big 10, the Ivy League, the CAA, the MAC, and the Patriot League. Remember, the ACC does not have an automatic qualifier. And there are now two play-in games. We're back to two play-in games with the NEC and SOCON disbanding. And then, actually, we, we, are, we are back to one play-in game with the SOCON and NEC disbanding and the Atlantic 10 uh, being the uh, one new conference added. So, when um, looking at the automatic qualifier situation right now, we have a couple of new members here that we haven't talked about a lot this season. Um, actually, I think Vermont might have been in my first projection, but not in the last two. Um, I'll have to go back and look at that. But I did remember, I think Vermont might have been the first one. Um, but we, we've talked about them on here before, certainly, uh, with being in the... Uh, in the American East and, and potentially there um, getting that auto bid. Um, and the Vermont is the projected AQ getter right now. Had a big win over uh, Bryant over the weekend that we talked about on Sunday's show. The RPI rank is 15. The SOS strength of schedule rank is 45. In the ASUN, uh, the, the ASUN, the A10, the Big East, the Big Ten, the CAA, IV and Patriot, we have no change. Uh, Utah in the A Sun, St. Joseph's out of the A ten, Big East out of the uh, Georgetown out of the out of the Big East, Johns Hopkins out of the Big Ten, um, and, and as we mentioned, they're in a basically a three way tie with uh, Penn State, uh, Maryland uh, for that number one seed. The uh, Johns Hopkins Maryland game this weekend, uh, one of the biggest games of the season, is likely going to be a battle for that number one overall seed in the Big Ten. Delaware out of the CAA, uh, Cornell out of the Ivy League, and then Army out of the Patriot League. Army's got Navy this weekend, big rivalry game. Then they've got Boston U uh, next weekend uh, in a rematch of last year's title game. Army beat Boston U in the regular season last year. Now, the newcomer here, other than Vermont, is Mount St. Mary's. Uh, so Mount St. Mary's, and I've not talked about them. I think we mentioned the Mount a few weeks ago in their streak that they're on. They've now extended that streak to seven games. They beat Sacred Heart over the weekend. They have a game over um, Siena this weekend, their last week of the season. The uh, their last week of the season, and that is likely for the uh, if Mount St. Mary's wins that game, they uh, lock up that number one seed and they will host the MAC tournament. So your projected AQs in this fourth look at bracketology. Again, is Vermont out of the America East? Is Utah out of the A-Sun? St. Joseph's out of the Atlantic 10? Georgetown out of the Big East? Johns Hopkins out of the Big 10? Delaware out of the CAA? 
Mount St. Mary's out of the MAC, Army out of the Patriot League, and Cornell out of the Ivy League. Moving into your possible at-large selection, so again, I want I, I to preface this. I think the four teams that are locks right now, that no matter what happens, they're going to get in. Duke, Notre Dame, Virginia, Maryland. Those four are uh, pretty crystal clear going to get in. Those are your first four in. They have been um, since I believe the first bracketology I did. And uh, th- that is the one thing. Uh, there's been a lot that's changed this year. There's been a lot of movement, but that has not changed those teams being at the top of the list there. I think Penn State is like on the brink. Like, so Penn State has Rutgers this weekend. If Penn State loses to Rutgers, I don't know. The number eight in the RPI right now, I don't know how much they would drop considering Rutgers is 11. Um, Penn State loses to Rutgers and. Let's say, what would they get, the, what, four seed or whatever in the um, Big Ten tournament? So they have to play the 6-4 game, and then you have, a, yeah, the 6-4 game and, and the 5-3 uh, uh, game would be, um, so they'd be in one of those two. And so I don't know, like, if they lose the quarterfinal game, um because the top two seeds get a bye to the semis. If that happens, they would probably m- not make it. Um, but Penn State right now, like considering, let's say that they, they, they win, um, they, they, they beat Rutgers, let's say they get the uh, you know, uh, two seed, which I mean they could, um, or actually... Or could they? Because they beat, if they beat Rutgers, they lost to Maryland. So they would get a three seed probably. But um, I'm not good at doing the bracket math in my head right now. So um, on the fly. I'd have to look at the tiebreakers and all of that. Penn State, point being, I think is, is kind of that next team there that's like kind of in, kind of not. Um, in terms of like a lock. The next bunch group of teams here that we have are Yale, Penn, and I'll just go down this bunch here, uh, these next five. Yale, Penn, Rutgers, Denver, North Carolina. I think of those teams, probably... um, like Yale, and I said this back a few weeks ago, Yale is going to have good numbers to end the season. Yale has a very good offense. Their defense is not so good. Paquette's very good in cage. They had the big win over Brown. They have got Harvard left. They play Albany in non-conference play. You know, Penn has who they have left. In their schedule, um, I think both of these teams are probably the most vulnerable. Uh, Penn has Dartmouth left in Ivy League play, and then they have Albany uh, there on uh, Wednesday of next week. 
I think that Yale and Penn are the two most vulnerable there um, of that group. And I don't have Penn in my projection right now to get in. Um, I, I don't think that is that's likely. I think Rutgers would get in over them for sure if we stop the season right now. Yale I do have in there. I have as the last team in, or one of the last teams in. I also have Denver and Carolina in. Now, Denver is interesting. They got ran off the field by Georgetown, but they had a big win over Villanova. Uh, Villanova and Georgetown play in two weeks. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, Denver, I think, is... like If Denver doesn't get the AQ, I'm not 100% certain on them getting in. Um, but... If things kind of stay as they are, it, it's possible. Um, and North Carolina, I mean, they've got Notre Dame this weekend. Um, things are not looking good for Carolina. I think Carolina, along with Carolina and Penn, I mentioned Yale and Penn are the two most vulnerable. If you were asked me of this group... Of this next five group here, Yale, Penn, Rutgers, Denver, Carolina, right now, who is the one that is not going to get in? I would probably argue I, I would probably argue Penn first, certainly, and Carolina second. Um, you know, you lost to Syracuse over the weekend. Um They've got Notre Dame and Notre Dame left, and I think they're going to lose both of those games, um, which, again, don't play two teams twice in a row. I know there's a, there's a gap in there, but still, I don't like that. Another ACC scheduling thing that we can rant about. This next group here, um, the kind of outside looking in, we have Villanova, who I think is probably going to need the... These are the teams that are, are most certainly going to need an AQ. Um, and you can include some teams from that other group I just mentioned there as well. Uh, Villanova, Ohio State, Princeton. Syracuse doesn't have an AQ in the ACC. Michigan and UMass. That's that kind of next group there. Um, Villanova is interesting. Minus the Brown loss... They've had a really good season. And I wouldn't even say the Brown loss is, is necessarily a like a, a, a bad loss. Um, and I know every loss is bad, but considering the circumstances with all those guys coming back for Brown out of that game, or into that game, um, it, it's not a bad loss. And they have three losses. And the other one is to Denver, which I think is probably their worst performance of the season. They've got Marquette this weekend, got Georgetown next weekend. So, two big games on deck for the Wildcats in Big East play. And, I mean, I, I do think, I do think, like, when you look at the Big Big East right now, I do think Villanova's probably a better team than Denver. I know Denver beat them. That was Bill Tierney Day, all of that stuff there. At Denver, you had alums come back from 
Princeton, uh, we're, we're out there from Princeton, come back from Denver, all of that. Um, so, you know, another kind of um, unique circumstances day there in a Villanova loss. And the other loss was to Yale, who, as I said right now, is, is looking like they could get an AQ or could get a at-large. Princeton, I, I see them needing the AQ as well as Ohio State. They just have had too many bad losses and, 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 and bad stretches there. Michigan, same thing. We talked about Michigan. Like they've played like they've played well in every game. It, and even in their losses, they've played extremely well. Um, it's just getting over the hump and getting that win has been the problem. Syracuse not getting in, UMass not getting in without the AQ. Looking at uh, bids per conference here, right now I have the ACC with three, the Big Ten with three, and the Big East with two. Now, I think there's a way for the Big Ten, because right now I have Penn State, Maryland, Hopkins, all in, and Rutgers. Maryland, Penn State, Hopkins, and Rutgers. All four of those teams in there. Uh, so there's a way they get four in, for sure. I think when you look at how things are going to play out, you are, they will, and if, if thing, other things happen, it is probably going to be a three-bid uh, Big Ten. But if things remain the same, which they never do, they could very well get uh, four in, which is right now what, what my projection this week has them at. I have the, uh, the ACC, Notre Dame, we have Virginia, and we have Duke. I have the ACC with three. I don't see Carolina getting in at this point. I don't see Syracuse getting in. Never did see them getting in. One bid, Patriot, Ivy, America East, A-Sun, A-10, C-A-A, Mac. Now, the Ivy, I say one bid, um, possibly two bid. So one slash two bid there in the Ivy. Um, and, and, and I think that's probably most likely what's going to happen. I think the Patriot League is the, the situation with Army is they're going to have to um, they're going to have to um, to win out. They're going to have to win out. They, they can't they can't get the get an at large. Army can't, which is unfortunate. They've had a great season. It's the um, been a fun team to watch all year. Um, would love to see them in the tournament, uh, but they're going to have to win out, and I think they have to beat they have to beat they have to beat Boston. Here. Like that is that is who they have to slay right now. They have to slay that dragon. They beat them once last year, lost to them the second time. I'm excited. Hopefully, we get a, get two battles from them from them too this year as well. Final part of the podcast here, moving into the bracket part, and I'm going to pull up right now on the screen for those watching on YouTube. You can see the bracket that I've put out. Um, 
So right now I have Notre Dame as the number one seed, and we're going uh, top to bottom here. And then St. Joseph's out of the A-10 and Mount St. Mary's out of the MAC playing in the um, play-in game. And the play-in game is a battle between the uh, bottom two ranked uh, AQs is what that is. And they're the bottom two ranked AQs at this point. And it will probably be the A-10 and the MAC in that uh, the winners of the A-10 and the MAC in that uh, playing game, most likely, unless we see some someone else come out of the CAA other than Delaware. Moving down here, I have Penn State as the eight seed playing Army out of the Patriot. We have Cornell as the five seed out of the Ivy playing Vermont out of the AE, America East. We have Johns Hopkins, the number four seed out of the Big Ten playing Yale. And that is the top half of the bracket. The bottom half of the bracket, going top to bottom here, we have Virginia playing as the number three seed, playing Utah out of the Atlantic Sun. We have Maryland as the sixth seed, playing Denver. We have Georgetown out of the Big East as the number seven seed, playing Rutgers. And we have Duke as the number two seed, playing Delaware out of the CAA. Uh, not like a, 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 a drastic change from last week. Um, you know, we some teams have moved around. I believe Hopkins and Maryland flipped spots from where I had them last week. Um, and then some other, like, we've moved some teams around. The committee likes to, or they say at least, that they like to uh, not have rematches, and um, so I tried to not put rematches in this thing and try to make it as as best as I could as one person as what would the committee likely put together if the if Selection Sunday were uh, today, and that's what I came up with right there this week. My fourth look. At Bracketology, well, we have two more weeks of Bracket. We have two more weeks of this until we get the uh, the real thing there on Selection Sunday. As I record this, we are 20 days away from Selection Sunday, and it's exciting. This is this is the fun part of the season, guys. You get to see these conference races come to fruition. You get to see teams um, pull off big wins, big upsets. Um, you know, it's it, it it's an exciting time of year. Uh, you get to look at all the different scenarios and uh, go go through it and drive yourself crazy uh, with that. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's it's a great time of year, and uh, it, this is I think this part of the season is what most people look forward to uh, when it comes to a college lacrosse season, and, and certainly is the best time of the year right now. Teams are putting it all on the line each and every week. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Leave the five-star reviews where you can. Hit the subscribe button where you can. You can also watch on YouTube. We can 
hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. All of those ways help us to grow the show. You can connect with us on social media, at Lacrosse Bucket, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.